do better. Welcome to Do Better Podcast, a digital content hub from Asade, built for minds interested in doing better. Knowledge ideas, perspectives, and research insights on topics that matter. Business advice for better decisions and growth. Latest on the world of innovation and ideas. A look inside a global world beyond borders and an open view on social challenges. You can leave your comments and suggestions on dobetter.isade.edu. My name is Ignacy Carreras. I am a professor at Isade in the Strategy and General Management Department. And also, I was the founder of the Social Innovation Institute. We are here today with Colin McKeewee, co-founder of World Reader, a social organization championing digital innovation to create a world where everyone can be a reader. Hi, Colin. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking part in this interview. Pleasure. Since 2010, World Reader has reached millions of readers in the developing world with digital books to improve their lives. What have you achieved in these 10 years? Oh, what a great question and a big question. Um, in fact, we've reached and impacted, uh, we can talk about measurements of that, 13 million people in these, in these 10 years. So our, our whole value proposition is to say paper doesn't get to large parts of the world, but digital atoms, <laughs> digital bytes do. And that's a way to actually get reading material in the hands of everybody. We started off with one platform, that was the Kindle from Amazon. That worked wonderfully well at a, at a local level in public schools, where we started in Ghana and then in Kenya. We're actually now in about 67 other countries. But we've since like, took the, the fact that it's not about the device, it's about the content, and we make it available on other platforms, i.e. mobile phone, both smartphone and feature phone. And we get to many, many millions of people each month using that platform, a focus on not us and our capacity to deliver whatever solution, an obsessive, uh, 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 an obsession with the customer and the consumer. And if you do that, you have to pivot, you have to learn each day, each week, and treat some of the poorest people in the world as you treat some of the richest people in the world, with their desires, their wants, their expressed needs and unexpressed needs. Um, I could go on for quite a lot more about what we've learned, but all I can say is that I've used every ounce of my my being and my experience, pre-experience, to bring to this project, which has a social end. Yeah. So you have been a pioneer as an organization. You are a 21st century organization, no? living in the area of internet, in the area of digital innovation. How a small organization like you could achieve so many results in 10 years using innovation? Mm. Yeah, it's a really, well, it's kind of you to say that. Um, I think if we were starting a business and a for-profit, we would have had exactly the same disciplines about what we do. And I do go back to this around customer and consumer. If you obsess about them and you're humble about what you bring, so I think the fact that we're digital allows us to do a lot more refinement, a lot more learnings. We get, we get a million lines of data about what people are reading every single day every single day that we're operating, mostly from sub-Saharan Africa. So we're able to learn about what people are reading amongst the 35,000 books that we serve up to them. Um, but we also, very importantly, uh, understand what they're not reading. 
great, great books or great reading material, or actually life-saving material. It could be from Wintermark that has been incredibly well crafted in paper form, but doesn't we can we can prove that by data to say it doesn't grasp their interest 30 seconds in and they stop to 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 read. So digital it gives us a, a really great uh, capacity to innovate, as you say, or at least I'll say pilot and create. I always think the definition of innovation is when it's actually working. But it, for us to test and to pilot, it, it's a great pilot for us to continually be on this learning spectrum. You have been a pioneer launching uh, an NGO, initially a small NGO, and trying to, to cope with a lot of challenges all around the world, mainly in Africa. How have you been using innovation to try to get to the kind of needs that the people were requiring from, from you and from the services that Warrior could provide to them? Yeah, I think I'd go straight to the, the point. The fact that we have a digital platform allows us to have a continually spectrum of learning every day. We use data to continually, continually improve. Do we know everything? No. I would say we're on a ladder of 10 steps and we're three steps up there. But most people are actually on step one or two. And, and we're able to actually position ourselves as an authority on reading on, on mobile in developing countries uh, with many of our partners. And, uh, and I know we're going to talk about partners a little bit later, but we really, really, at the end of the day, we learn, but we also learn through our partners. Why are they interested in taking part on this project? So, I mean, this is not an equal relation at the beginning. No? You need them, and they are having a lot of challenges all around the world. How do you evolve them on these kind of projects? And how do you make that the relation is going forward in a way that provides this win-to-win element that you were commenting before. Yeah, so if I stay with the segment of uh, partners that are working, like the Intermon, incredible experience, incredible knowledge, uh, right through the organization. So we say to them, listen, you know, you have a grant from the US government or the UK government, let's say, let's call it 100, 100 whatever. We say, okay, spend 99 of that on your program. And if you put 1% aside to take some of the benefits there and the knowledge, and the messaging you want to get out, we can we can demonstrate with you that that one percent will increase by a hundred percent the impact of your program. Often, what I see is that there's incredible work that's done right at the forefront, work that we could never do uh, with the local communities, but it kind of stops there because it's analog, and there's no digital dimension. By bringing in an intelligent digital dimension. Um, we can take that good work and leverage it to millions and millions more and more people. So that's the kind of win-win we get. And when you try to collaborate with companies, not only with big NGOs like Oxfam Intermon or Save the Children, but big companies, how do you engage them? Do you have special contacts there to open the door? And how do you go from a specific person to collaborating with a big company, maintaining the relation for years and years? Yeah, great question. You know, it comes in all shapes and sizes. I think the first thing we do is try to get ourselves visibility through the World Economic Forum, which is incredible. You know, that's probably 80% companies and, and then public bodies and then NGOs, the other 20%. So we get visibility and we do present ourselves as an innovative 
data-driven organization, like I say, that can make great impact amongst their consumers. So take a company like PepsiCo that we've been working with for the last two or three years. I mean, when PepsiCo actually came to us and said, we'd love to do something with you, but actually we'd like to start internally because what you're doing, we want to, uh, we want our staff and the people that work for us, both in, in Europe and the Middle East, but also in Africa, to see and understand the type of work you're doing, to see and understand that we are helping you not just financially, but also in terms of knowledge and in, in terms of actually access to many of many of their consumers in sub-Saharan Africa. So it's actually, in that case, it was more internal before becoming an external type of relationship. And we find that more often that corporates are coming, if they want to attract talent, they have to be intelligent about what they, the type of organizations that they work with. And it's not, frankly, just the same of saying, you know, put the United Nations logo on, whether it's the UNHCR or UNICEF, that's not enough. You, the, the talent is pretty clever about um, sussing out or actually identifying if their organization that they're working for or considering working with is genuinely uh, transferring knowledge to this organization in a credible and relevant way. So it comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. But sometimes, Ignazi, we have... Uh, uh, corporate partnerships that don't go anywhere because there's no fit. There's no real fit. And we're the first ones to say that and say... But when you say that there time. is no fit, is because there is no fit on values, on the vision of the collaboration, on the capacities that you can complement from the NGO and the company. Mm. It would be important to know when alliances are not fitting and not working well. Yeah. What, no. what, what, what do you think are the reasons in, that, in those cases? I think... I think the first thing that we look at is, is there a long-term relationship here? Is there, is there, is there a, a genuine long-term relationship? And that frankly doesn't come from the CSR director or the area of CSR. It comes from the marketing department and say, okay, is there a brand fit here? And would the consumers of their, their particular product or service uh, understand and value this relationship with, with us? Um, if that fit's not there, it's going to be a CSR project of one, two years, perhaps, before that company changes its strategy or wants a little bit of fresh air or another organization in there. I mean, I think we have to also remember that we're working with very, very vulnerable people. So you have to look at the ethics of the companies and say, what is their win? What are they looking? Are they looking to empower people uh, in the places that we're working at? Or are they looking to uh, exploit? I'll put it in those terms. So you see that. You know, you can see that in, in extractives, the mining companies and the oil companies. They're kind of the obvious, if you like, uh, candidates that you have to be very careful about. And I'm not going to say all of them are in the same bracket because they've improved their practices over time. But if we sense any sense of uh, exploitation, I mean, you know, there, there are obvious candidates as like betting companies or alcohol companies, which we, which we won't go near. And it, and it really is because we're trying to bring, if you like, best practice. And how we define that is we, look, we don't say it's European best practice. It's UN. We look at the UN values and say, okay, is that the best practice? Or is, or is there something that's contradictory to those values from that company that wouldn't fit? Uh, and we, we, we would be 
guilty of bringing those values to very, very vulnerable people. Yeah. Taking in account all your experience during the last 10 years of life of World Reader, if we could share two or three, three key factors that are really very important to promote social innovation, to try to, to tackle social challenges, what would be those two or three or four key mm. factors that you could share with other NGOs or with other companies that they want to work on this kind of field? Sure. I mean, two really come to mind. I, I half mentioned one before, and it comes from business, frankly. It really is, like I say, uh, innovation comes from really understanding the customer base and the consumer base and having a respect for not everybody is the same. Just like right here in, in Spain, we don't consider everybody the same. So a village, you segment that village and you give as much respect as you would to those 10,000 people as you would to 10,000 people uh, here in Madrid. If you have that, you've got way more chance of really innovating successfully, not just creating new ideas and testing things, but actually getting some sort of traction that works. So I would say that's one, is just take basic business practice. This is common sense in, in business. I mean, Procter Gamble would shoot their marketing director if he didn't obsess about these segments. So it's absolutely basic. You know, and I think, I think that the second one is, when we talked about partnerships, is being understanding that, well, understanding two things, is that uh, the problems in developing countries are enormous, and you'll know this better than anybody here, absolutely enormous. But if you say that is the problem, and there's, if it's about illiteracy, UNESCO talk about around 800 million people illiterate. Well, if you, if you call people lowly literate as well, it's around 2 billion, 2.5 billion. If that's a market, you really have to go in with aspirational goals. And that's part of the thing is that we say, we can't do this on our own. So we inspire enormous companies like Microsoft. We've got the, uh, the global marketing director for Microsoft on our board. Now he's inspired by what, what we do because he understands scale. He understands how to get from zero to 200 million. What we've tried to do, and it's no panacea, is to say, okay, let's take some of these, these really incredible brains, put them in a social context, take them down to Kenya or to Ghana, see things firsthand, and then begin to help us and advise us. But also, not necessarily a partnership just with Microsoft to say, no, Colin and World Reader, you need to partner with these types of companies. That's the way you're going to get to not a million, but tens and hundreds of millions of people. Um, so I, I see those as two or three factors for, for success. Thank you, Colin. Thank you for your insights. I'm sure that they are going to be very interesting for all NGOs and companies that are working, trying to transform society. And thank you also for your participation in the event that we are going to have where we are going to share experiences about how to tackle social challenges through digital and technological innovation. Thank you. Thank you. If you still want to learn more, remember, you can register on our platform, dobetter.asade.edu. That was all for today. Until next time, thank you. Do Better.